Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Penn State football is in the middle of a two-day very important recruiting run for the class of 2023. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Filling in for Ryan Snyder, Greg Pickle, our recruiting reporter, is going to talk to us about what's coming up today and review uh, Tony Rojas's commitment to the Nittany Lions yesterday. Stay tuned for all of that on the BWI Daily Edition. Greg Pickle, as I promised, I'm a man of my word. He is on the show today filling in for Ryan Snyder, who is either temporarily homeless or is moving his house or I don't know. I think the next time you see him, he's going to be in a different location here on the BWI Daily Edition. So, Greg, thanks for filling in. Thanks for uh, bringing your expertise to the show here. T. Frank, I have big shoes to fill, and I don't know if I'm going to fill them for Ryan, but I'm going to certainly give it a shot here as we close out the week. (laughs) So, I, I have no doubt, Greg, you deliver... All the time. I have no doubt that you'll deliver here. And if you don't, you're not invited back. (laughs) Fair enough. We'll make that deal now. (laughs) I desperately need you. You can't leave. (laughs) So I'm playing from a position of strength, D Frank. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a very it's a very smart place to play. Uh Tony Rojas committed the Nittany Lions yesterday. It is a celebration Thursday, heading into possibly a celebration weekend. It's Arts Fest here in State College. So uh, what's your read? Give us your review of what you saw yesterday and, and kind of Tony Rojas, his impact on this class. Yeah, easily the most fascinating part of this recruitment is how it seesawed back and forth, T. Frank. For a while, we saw Penn State as the leader, and that was the case kind of for the majority of the recruitment. But over the last few months, we saw Clemson kind of make a run toward the top. We saw Georgia kind of make a run toward the top. He did officially visit the Tigers, of course, never made it to Athens for an all-expenses-paid trip, so that kind of knocked the Bulldogs out of play. But just a really uh, interesting recruitment, one that was definitely not like any of the other ones Penn State's had this cycle where a four-star player, an on-300 player that Penn State was seen as the leader for, uh, they had to fend off some challenges, and they weren't just you know run-of-the-mill programs. They were two powerful uh, programs with playoff experience and things like that. So it's a tremendous get for Penn State. Obviously, you have, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see the rankings there. He's highly regarded across the recruiting industry. And, I mean, he's a player. I, I can see him coming to Penn State, and you know one thing he'll probably need to do is put some weight on. But all told, he strikes me as a guy that might be able to help you from day one. And when you're looking at that linebacker room, T. Frank, there's a lot of young, inexperienced guys there, and Penn State needs to keep replenishing that room so it doesn't find itself in quite the position it finds itself in right now. So all told, a big get for Penn State. Rojas obviously had numerous suitors, and the Lions went out over two pretty big-time programs. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, a recruiting journey that started with Penn State. He admitted to our Ryan Snyder at an Under Armour camp early in March that Penn State was his favorite school. And despite all of what you just said, 
Seemingly, Penn State remained his favorite school throughout. Uh, and by the way, if you want to check out what Tony Rojas is bringing to the team, you can check out our breakdown, the commitment. Uh, yesterday afternoon, we have our breaking news commitment videos after Penn State commitment. So you can check that out here on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're checking uh, us out on our one of our podcast platforms, as always, thank you for being one of the 8,000 people that listen to the BWI Daily Edition. That makes me blush a little bit i love you all uh but you we only do the commitment videos on youtube so if you do want to check those out and you didn't know about them previously go check them out over on our youtube channel it's penn State. if you google penn State football or if you go into youtube and you search penn State football we'll come up there so you can check out blue white illustrated's breakdown of that of tony rojas but coming up tonight maybe more because tamia robinson another four-star linebacker from pittsburgh is making his decision tonight at 6.15. So we're going to give you a preview of that. So where do the Nittany Lions stand heading into this commitment uh, this evening, Greg? Yeah, you know, you heard uh, Ryan and I talk about it on the Tuesday recruiting show, T. Frank, and Penn State obviously felt really good about Tony Rojas going into Thursday, and it feels really good about Tamir Robinson going into Friday. The Pittsburgh Brashear linebacker stands 6'3", 225. On three consensus and the on three rankings have him as a four-star. He's number 126 in the consensus, 159 by on three, so not a huge difference there. And Penn State, T. Frank, has really been a leader in this recruitment for a long time as well. Virginia Tech and Miami are his other two final he made official visits to both of those programs. Of course, Brent Pry's relationship with him during his time at Penn State, I think, earned the Hokies that visit. But all told, this felt like Penn State's recruitment to lose for quite some time. And it still feels that way heading into the announcement. He'll have three hats on the table, of course, uh, that we're expecting it to be a little after 6.15 tonight. And, you know, if you're Penn State, I think you have to love where you're standing right now. The Penn State's a 95 uh, percent favorite in the on three recruiting prediction machine that's powered by a couple picks from our experts at the network including ryan snyder and so you look at what penn state could get here i mean this is an extremely talented player he is coming off an injury so i think that's something to keep in mind his ranking could change possibly yeah. based on that fact but all told everyone knows what he's capable of that injury didn't sour anyone on him and he saw a lot of schools during his recruitment, and so this is a well-informed decision he's about to make. And like we said, Penn State seems to be in the driver's seat here as they have all along. That didn't change during the official visit cycle, and I know that Miami certainly pushed hard, but this looks like a victory for the Lions as we wait for his announcement. All right, I, I have such a hard time. I want to start scouting him right away. Uh, but that we'll save that for a commitment video if it comes later tonight, uh, you know, probably 645, whenever he makes the decision uh officially that's when we'll release the video but uh, i did do a little bit of pre-scouting taking a look at him this week and six foot three 225 pounds uh you can see it so it's not any sort of like revelation he has a massive frame greg i mean right. elite reach too so he's not just tall he has the arm length to be the prototype linebacker that you want that can cover space that can get in passing lanes like he's a very exciting prospect so penn state they can secure uh, two players in this class this uh, this week heading into the weekend that could help them with a question that came up yesterday on the BWI Daily uh, on the on the mailbag show that I wanted to ask you because I think this is a, a better question to ask here on our recruiting show because get some insight from some of the experts and some of the people that are more knowledgeable and well versed in in the recruiting rankings and all that stuff that, than just me. So Nitwit13 asked yesterday, uh, I, Ryan and I have talked about 
having 15 four stars as the threshold that Penn State needs to finish with a top 10 class. First thought is who's left on the board. We're talking about a couple of them now. So if there's any other guys you want to throw out here at the end, once I'm done reading. And then the, the question here is, though, does Birchmeyer finish as a five star? And are there any other current three stars that you think could get that bump to a four star to raise the average overall and maybe replace internally some of that average star ranking? So let's start with that last part first, and we'll work back to the beginning. Who do you have an eye on that you think could outplay their current ranking? Yeah, the one guy I'm really interested to see if he'll move up T. Frank is Yazid Haynes, the wide receiver out of North Penn High School in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. He is someone who Georgia recently started pushing for, even though he's committed to Penn State because of how well he did uh, throughout the course of his season and his testing numbers and all of that. So I'm really curious to see if his senior season uh, maybe moves him up the rankings for a little bit. I don't have his numbers in front of me at the moment, but he is certainly not the highest rated guy in Penn State's class. I think he's around the 700s nationally. And you're going to have to move quite a bit to get yourself in the conversation to be a four-star when you're that low in the three-star ranks. But he has the talent to do it. He has the speed to do it, in my opinion. Obviously, I think the fact that Georgia uh, validated what Penn State did and not that Penn State needed validated by any stretch of the imagination because, as we know, uh, they're one of the better schools in the country at evaluating talent early, T. Frank, and yep. getting an offer yep. out there. And obviously, he was once committed to Rutgers, so Rutgers was doing that as well. But, yeah, I mean, I think that if you look at the the – board now of guys who are committed to who are three stars he's the one that I think could maybe make the biggest jump with a very strong senior season he just has all the tools that I think major conference conferences are looking for when they scout receivers and I think that with some more exposure he might rise the rankings yeah he's the second to, I believe he's the second to last player ranked in Penn State's class 756 nationally in the on three consensus uh, an 86.6 in the consensus and 83 in the on three internal rankings both that make him a three-star but part of that greg and, and you mentioned this is you know how we did it on camp circuit this year that's part of it you know having that testing information having those numbers to back up six one he's a he's a big receiver with uh you know a big for modern receivers he's not a six three six four guy but he's got a long frame four three nine speed that alone having that information maybe he didn't have that stuff previously recorded right. I think that in itself will give him a bump up the rankings. And then what he does this fall can cement that stuff. So I think you, you got a great pick there uh, for that question. So that is most of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about when it came to recruiting, because it is a, it's a big weekend. And I just did, I did this last week with a, or yesterday with a question. We need to answer the other part of the question. This is what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you. Yeah, that's you okay. We'll get back to it. Layered questions. I get all fixated on, on the, the part we were just doing. Okay. So Alex Birchmeyer, do you believe he finishes as a five star? Yeah. So he was briefly an on three consensus five star. And now he's dropped right below that. So in the consensus, he's number 32 and on three's rankings. He's number 33 on three is going to have 32 five stars representing the number of picks in the first round of the NFL draft when all is said and done. T. Frank, he's an outstanding football player. He's an outstanding wrestler. I'm not exactly sure why he dropped a couple spots, and we're talking literally yeah. a couple spots uh, between four and five star. It's a very fine line, but I'd be surprised if he's not back in that conversation by the time the 2022 
three class signs and is you know signed sealed and delivered and good to go i just think that when you look at this penn state team this penn state program they've recruited him for a long time for a reason they think he can be a future mauler and those kind of guys yeah. typically end up with five-star status so to me i think that he will end up there is it going to happen overnight no is it going to happen during the next rankings update maybe but probably not but by the end of the cycle i think we will see him as a five-star across the board so this is this is slanderous, right? And I don't believe what I'm about to say. But is he big enough? That's the question. Because, you know, talking to Charles Power, the way he ranks quarterbacks, and I'm now extrapolating this to the rest of football, is sure. the only other time that players are organized and ranked and codified this way is in the NFL draft. So using that as the template for the on-three rankings you then have to ask the questions of, okay, is his arm length, is his weight, is his height, all the measurables that the NFL obsesses over, does he check all of those boxes? And then is he so good that you would then say, you know what, forget it, I don't care. He's a Tyler Linderbaum who is going to be an interior player that's drafted in the first round sort of thing. So that's really the, I think, the dichotomy here of, is, is he 33? Is he the first player in the second round? Or is he a true first round pick. Some of the measurables may not get him so securely. And if there are other offensive linemen, especially tackles, this is something Ryan has talked about previously of if you're a tackle, you get preference because you've got the length, right? You've got yep. that size already baked in. But then the question is, are you a good football player? He's a five-star right. football player. And I think he's a five-star physical talent as well but there is probably kind of going back to the conversation we had about Jahan Dotson this year in the NFL draft is he a first round physical presence um he was the fourth receiver taken they just all were taken before pick 20 so right that was kind of how the the draft shook out this year uh so I I do think that that's going to be a, a close call there do you think Javen Williams speaking of physical talent has the opportunity to be a five-star because he's the other player in the ballpark, although he is much lower down, I think he's about 30 spots lower right now than Alex Birchmeyer. Yeah, so I'm just pulling up his rankings quick to make sure I got him right. So in the on three consensus, he's number 65 overall, number three interior offensive lineman. But on three, of course, has been so much higher than the industry on the Penn State commit, Jevin Williams, since uh, really uh, the last, what, six months probably. He's a five-star according to on three. He's ranked as the number 11 prospect in the nation as one of the best offensive linemen, or rather the best interior offensive lineman in the country. So, I mean, I think that obviously I don't, I don't expect on three's opinion to change of him they love the measurables they love the track uh at, you know what he does on the track and field aspect and how that can translate onto the football field and how it has translated onto the football field so will he be a five-star across the board um it's a good question i mean you look at the industry comparison which of course you can find in every on three profile just like jevin williams i mean 247 sports has him at number 70 nationally rivals 179 espn 45 so it's going to require some movement, I guess, from other services to get him into that consensus five-star conversation. Can it happen? Yes. Will it happen? Let's see. The The summer re-rankings are coming here over the next yeah. couple of weeks. And so I think we'll have a better feel for that, T. Frank, once we see where he moves this time around. When he committed, I believe uh, we had Ross Tucker on the show. I believe Ross said that he was only 17. So, you know, I don't know that he's going to grow more, but is there a little wiggle room where he gets a little taller, he gets a little longer? Right. Is he seen as a tackle prospect? I think that plays into it. And the, the thing is, Nitwit 13, 
the reason I got all confused is because he asked one of the questions that I wanted to ask you to end the segment. So my brain jumped right ahead uh, because he asks, who are the other players available left for Penn State? And that is kind of where we are heading into the Tamir Robinson decision tonight. We are again, the recruiting prediction machine has him as a 90 plus percent. I think you said 95 percent. So, yes, a, a soft yes already there. Who are the other players out there on your short list that you think Penn State should go after or should get before uh, the season starts? Really, you know, once the the focus shifts away from recruiting and we're talking about the season ahead. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, Evan Link is going to start this conversation every single time. He could pop out an announcement to uh, Penn State, Stanford, Michigan, somebody else at any moment. Uh, His recruitment has gone very quiet, and there's no real good reason for that that we can tell other than that's just the way he's preferring to go about things as he comes down the stretch here. So I would be very surprised, T. Frank, if he does not have a decision made by the time his senior season starts. So the clock's ticking. It's July 15th. So obviously at this point, you know, you have to make up your mind at some point and if you're going to do it before your senior season. So let's keep an eye out on him he's one obviously kv on keys is another one he's going to announce in late august a four-star linebacker out of virginia that it's a head-to-head battle right now with north carolina we'll see if florida can get into the mix but he's a four-star Kamala taylor's a four-star receiver out of virginia so there are some options out there for penn state and let's not forget you never know if they're going to flip a quarterback and what his star rating is going to be so let's not let's not rule that out either so you know when you talk about that mark of 15 four stars penn state has every opportunity in my mind to get there they're going to have to close some deals and win some battles yes uh but can they do that i think absolutely so that receiver conversation i want to drill down a little bit more there because you've got a couple of guys that you've recruited and, you know, I'm using Ryan's words here. Don't count out Cam Selden. And he's talked a little bit about some other guys that they would continue to recruit. So would you take four this cycle? Would you not take uh, as many guys? What do you what would you think there? Well, I, I think at this point, you're probably looking at just one more. Now, can you get in the situation where you have a scholarship or two left, T. Frank, and your guy is the best available and he plays receiver or he's considered an athlete and could be in the secondary or could be a receiver, kind of like we talked about with uh, Makai Flowers and Christian Driver in the class of 2023 or two, rather. Uh, could we find ourselves in that situation and, and looking at the board and saying, you know, OK, Penn State probably sees these guys as the best available, even though they might have. X number of guys at this position or that position, the guy is too talented to leave out there. Well, let's get him to campus and we'll figure out what we want to do with him then. So is that a possibility? Yes. Uh, do I think Penn State probably only ends up with one more receiver barring no decommitments or anything? No, I think that's probably going to end up being the case. Yeah, it's a fair point. It just when we're talking about that receiver position and you've got a couple of guys you've recruited very hard and are superiorly talented, that I guess is the question. Do you want to fill that spot? Do you be comfortable with what you have or do you want to go after some right. of those other players and continue to pursue guys that are already committed? But, you know, that's what the that's what that wiggle room is there for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Well, I want to get to something we have not talked about here on the BWI Daily Edition that we should have. Um, And we're going to take a quick break from football to talk about wrestling. And you are a wrestling reporter. 
big news. Penn State is is not losing Cale Sanderson, one of the right. most winning coaches of all time in any sport ever or a, at anything ever. So tell us about the details with Cale Sanderson and what's gone down with his contract and his status at Penn State. Well, it was fascinating because the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette interviewed Sandy Barber, who made uh, the comment that the deal was done. And that's how we reached this point, T. Frank. I don't think Penn State and Cale Sanderson really had any intention <laughs> of having this information out there. But it came up in an interview with Sandy Barber and then Penn State confirmed it and said they would not be releasing any more details. And that kind of is that. So I would not yeah. hold your. Yeah. Right. For us, anyway. I'm not sure about yeah. for Kale, but, you know, at, at any rate, I, I will not hold your breath waiting for the terms of this agreement to be disclosed or anything like that. It's not going to happen, I don't think. So, you know, obviously it, it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, it, it's irrelevant. The guy is worth whatever he you know, he can command whatever he wants. If I yeah. was paying Tom Brands X and, you know. X, he, Kale Sanderson should be getting Y, which of course is more. So, you know, I think it's clear that he wants to be at Penn State. Penn State obviously would be crazy to not want to keep him here. So it's good news. Obviously, I don't know if I don't know if there was a enormous amount of stress around this getting done. I know there's probably a little bit just with how long it seemed to take. But ultimately, uh, they were able to strike a deal and get something done. Again, we don't know uh, what the, the terms of that deal are, but it doesn't matter because Penn State, as yeah. you said, is keeping uh, the best wrestling coach in the sport and one of the best coaches, regardless of sport, in state college for a little while longer. And obviously, that's good news for Penn State as they continue to recruit very well and get ready for the 2022-2023 season, T. Frank, which is going to be here before we know it. Patrick Kraft, new AD, talked uh, a lot about Kale Sanderson, bringing him up multiple times, talking about how success can work at Penn State outside of traditional revenue sports and also the model for uh, greatness at Penn State, which is obviously a fair, a fair point to make. With yes. this contract... Um, I guess does without knowing any of the details, knowing any of the things that are a part of it, how much does this help Penn State continue this run with the wrestling program of stability and dominance in the sport? Yeah, I mean, you look at the intermat rankings, they have what I think seven or eight guys ranked, uh, the four of them at number one, numerous guys in the top five. I mean, it's clear that they are going to be the prohibitive favorite going into the 2022 2023 season, which is usually the case. But man, this year, I think they are cut above just about everybody else across the country as long as injuries and things like that go their way. They continue to bring in top talent that wins all over the place. You know, we'll see if Ohio State transfer Will Betancourt, who just finished second at Pan Am can factor into the, the battle at 125 or if that's Robbie Howard's job to lose we'll see and um, we'll have a lot of time to break all that down and discuss it but ultimately uh, yeah you want to keep this ship moving forward and you want obviously it's not just Kale Sanderson it's Cody Sanderson it's Casey Cunningham it's all of the other people that have been in this program for a long time and make it go as smoothly and as efficiently as it does and it is a smooth and efficient operation there is no question about that so Big news for Penn State wrestling, big news for Penn State wrestling fans. And yeah, the uh, train just keeps rolling along down the tracks, T. Frank. There's no stopping it in sight. So that's an interesting uh, thing about this particular situation with Penn State wrestling. As you mentioned, there's no end in sight for dominance. And, and that one is what I want to bring up next is when we're discussing NIL at Penn State and we're discussing where the money is going. One thing that continually crops up is the wrestling team that they are doing very well for themselves in this new era of name, image and likeness, which is, by the way, I think how a lot of this is uh, we all think of like the, the should go. 
that's how it should go with some of the non-revenue sports that are very popular and very successful. Uh, some women's sports that are very popular and very successful can finally make money off their name, image, and likeness. And this is an area where Penn State has, uh, you know, supported this particular program out eagerly out of the gate. How much of an advantage is that even on top of what they already have? How much, I don't want to say how much more dominant, because I don't know that you can be, but what right. does NIL do for these for the program and for these players to kind of cement what's already there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that's the next step, right? So you look at Roman, Roman Bravo Young. I, I don't. I think he might still come back to Penn State if the NIL stuff isn't here. But I think that was a huge part of his decision to return and chase another national title. And I'm sure there's some other guys in that room, maybe a Max Dean, maybe some others who decided to come back because of the opportunities available. And I think you make a very important point, T. Frank. We focus a lot of our effort and attention on and things on football and NIL and football and how does it impact football. And both at Penn State and across the country, some of your biggest earners are not going to be football players. Now, look, um, your biggest stars on the football field, yeah, you're going to have yeah. them, obviously, at the top of the list. But if you go look at the NIL database at On3, which you can find it on 3.com, and then click NIL at the top uh, toolbar, you're going to see it's a lot of athletes from other sports, too, that are cashing in on this. And it is you know, uh, women's basketball players or soccer players or male gymnastics uh, athletes or wrestlers. I mean, it's not just football and basketball, even though that's yeah. where the attention goes a lot of the time, because we're framing this NIL conversation in so many ways, Steve Frank, on recruiting, even though it's not supposed yep. to have anything to do with recruiting. And that's why it goes towards yep. football and basketball. And we forget about, oh, wait a second, the athletes that are already here uh, in variety of sports are making good money off of this. Uh, as they move throughout their career. So very important for Penn State wrestling, but very important for numerous other programs too that don't reside in the Lash Building and or at Bryce Jordan Center. And it's just, and so framing the conversation again against football, some of the, the, the I, I've seen very little pushback on paying Roman Bravo Young, right? There's been very right. little conversation about, well, do I want, it, it was just like, yes, and you know, in terms of the money right. that was donated, you know, from and this is, again, from my perspective outside looking in as an, not an expert or not, a, you know, in depth in the wrestling program. Uh, and, and that's deserved. Uh, my point is that all of that is deserved. It's just right. interesting that and not unexpected, but winning made everyone very excited to donate to the wrestling program. And the and the, the really the passion of that program in general generated that. And yep. one of the points I've made is just that, you know, it helps if you want to win. So, like, if right. you want Penn State football or Penn State basketball to be competitive, and it's just this proof of purchase that I think is really interesting that some organizations, some other schools, they don't like they they see it as the avenue to success. And then a lot of other places, uh, even successful football programs are saying, yeah, well, win and then we'll give you money. And, and that, right. it just seems to be backwards to me. So if you yeah. already were in the situation of you were winning, you get even more advantages now. And then you have to, like, there's some sort of like proof that you have to have when it's really, they, they really, if you want to be successful, should not be linked to success. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point because obviously I think there's a lot of people out there and I'm not just 
saying this about Penn State fans. I'm saying it about whatever fan base you want, but they look at it and say, why am I going to give player X, uh, you know, uh, why am I going to donate to Collective Y, who's then going to yeah. give player X uh, Z amount of money, and then player, uh, you know, whoever it is, goes out and throws three interceptions and loses to the biggest rival or the, the running back fumbles or the defensive back uh, gives up a touchdown in the fourth quarter or overtime. And, you know, the team, why am I donating to a team that's seven and six or seven and five? or eight and four or whatever uh, i think that is the the way a lot of people look at it as opposed to what you're getting at which is you know what this is a way we can get better than that we can find better players keep better players uh, instead of seeing them go elsewhere for better opportunities elsewhere so yeah i think it's a very good point you make and it's something that Penn, I, not just penn state fans but college football fans are going to have to change their mindset on if they want to be a part of this process you said it much more eloquently than I did. Although I have to say, I'm getting a little triggered by your X, Y's, and Z's in, in sentences. Yeah, probably a little bit to too much of that today. Yeah. Because it feels like a math pro. Like, I, I feel like it's math class. That's all. Like, I'm, I'm seeing algebra and I'm getting all sort of uh, all up in my uh, own head about math. So if, if, we can, if we can avoid any math problems on the We're show. We're going to avoid that then- moving forward. Yes. But with NIL, it fits. Like, it's a perfect, it's a perfect example. Uh, but let's it get is back a math to football, problem, then. yes. <laughs> let's let's get back to football because we are just a few days away from the start of Penn State training camp on the 31st. So we need to start looking ahead at the season. Um, I want to get your general thoughts. I, I know I have something I want to ask you in a little bit, but biggest things you're looking at coming into training camp. What is on Greg Pickle's brain about the Penn State 2022 season? Yeah, I think it's just get to uh, September 1st healthy and let's start answering some questions. I mean, you can talk about it with us in the Lions Den Forum at bluewhiteillustrated.com. You can read about it uh, as fans debate on social media and what have you. And you can probably find someone to talk about it with at the grocery store, your favorite watering hole or uh, wherever you like to hang out. I mean... There's so many questions, and we've kind of beat the dead horse over and over and over again. Is P.J. Mustafer going to be healthy? Is Sean Clifford going to be better? Can Mike Yersich figure it out in year two? Is Manny Diaz bringing the right defense in? Can the linebackers stay healthy? Uh, who's going to start next to Jair Brown? Is Nick Singleton going to be a star? I mean, we can sit here and just – and we will endlessly discuss this stuff, but I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is let's get to September 1st. Uh, Penn State, obviously, like every other school, wants to get through camp healthy. And then let's start finding out what we're working with here, because I think that from the outside looking in, there are some very good reasons to be optimistic. And there are also some very good reasons to say "Mm, this this team might have some major obstacles that it can't overcome. And the schedule is one of them. So I think that's what I'm most interested in. But obviously, you know, the big thing is, you know, can Sean Clifford and Mike Yersuch team up uh, with this very good stable of of running backs they have and receivers, uh, even though Jahan Dotson's gone. And can the offensive line be better this year? It's an annual question, T. Frank. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope we're not still asking it on a few years down the road during a, a, T, a daily or BWI daily rather. But, uh, you know, we could still be. We'll see. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Let's get to game day and get some of these questions answered. Now and I, now I want to have a, a sign behind me that says dead horse hitching post. Yes, because <laughs> that, yeah, that's 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 you're right. That's exactly what the offseason is. It's the same question. It's July. Yep. You, you, you wander around in a circle and you come back to this question and go, look at this question. We don't have an answer to. And then you wander around in a right. circle again. And it, uh, yeah. So let's get to uh, something fun that uh, we're going to be doing here on the show over the next couple of weeks is looking ahead at some of the more 
detailed positions, detailed conversations about the class and the underclassmen. There's a lot. It seems that there's a lot of talent coming up the ranks now for Penn State. Which underclassmen do you think has a chance to make a leap up the depth chart this fall and either take a spot or be a heavy contributor? Who do who's on your mind heading into camp? Yeah, my pick is Harrison Wallace, T-Frank, the receiver, who had a really nice acrobatic catch in the blue-white game during the two-point conversion portion of that like blue-white event, I should say. It wasn't a game. But um, at any rate, uh, Harrison Wallace, I think, has excited a lot of people ever since he was in high school, kind of really good on the basketball court with dunking and, and explosion and jumping and leaping and things like that. So I think that when he puts it all together as a football player, as a pass catcher, as a blocker, that he is going to really turn some heads. So he's my pick. Uh, they call him Trey. So sometimes you might hear James Franklin refer to Trey Wallace, and that is still Harrison Wallace. It takes a little bit to get used to, but it's the same person. So he's my pick. I just think that in a receiver's room where you should feel pretty good about Parker Washington and uh, Mitchell Tinsley, yeah, I think you just we're waiting to see who's number three. Yep. Is it Malik Mega? Is it Keandre Lambert-Smith? Is it Harrison Wallace or is it somebody else? And time will tell. I mean, the first two guys on that list have done a little bit in games, but not much, but have all kinds of practice field exploits that we hear about. Uh, and Wallace is an explosive guy who uh, may be able to race his way into the mix here. So he's my pick, T. Frank. Yeah, it's a it's a great pick. And, and the guy that I, I think has the talent to do that, because one of the things that Penn State has not really had recently other than yeah. Jahan Dotson is somebody who can play above the rim and literally a basketball prospect in, in Trey Wallace is somebody who can do that. So right. having a large catch radius down the field, I know Malik mega is big, but we haven't really seen him use that size in any situation. Not that he's had, he's, a ton done, it, of he's done it in practice. He's done it in practice. A ton though. T Frank, just don't forget that part. We just need to see it on game day. <laughs> yes. It's very important that he does it uh, four days a week, except for on Saturdays. But that's right. so that's but that's that's exactly the point. Who's going to be that guy? Because the tight ends did not necessarily produce that. So can you get a receiver to do that for you as well? That provides a depth of types of talent, not a, let alone the depth of talent on the roster. The guy I would go with. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm torn between the safety and the tight end position because Tyler Warren keeps showing up all offseason yep. and doing the right things. And he showed up on the field in, in flashes last year. and He just didn't have a lot of opportunities but he's the strongest tight end. He's the biggest tight end, uh, you know, by a couple of pounds, maybe he loses to Theo Johnson. But when you, when you combine size and, and playing size, I just see that he's going to take some reps from somebody. He's going right. to be a factor. I, I think he's too good to keep off the field. And he seems to be a, a fan favorite. He seems to be a player favorite, does all the things the right way. So, so that's my guy. As much as I wanted to say he's a Key Wheatley, I, I talked about him yesterday on the Daily. So I'll go with Tyler Warren here to, to end this particular conversation. Anything uh, that we left on the table, anything you want to discuss before we get out of here? We did not bring up Bo Nickel. So is there an update with Bo Nickel? Uh, going yeah. His yeah, MMA, so the former – yeah. Yeah, I'll leave you with two things, T. Frank. So, number one, Bo Nickel is fighting in Dana White's. Uh, I don't have the name in front of me here, and I don't want to mess it up. One sec here. I'll pull that up. Dana White's UFC Contender Series uh, here in a little bit, and that could punch his ticket, even though he's very young in his fighting career and his MMA career, uh, to possibly land in the UFC very quickly. So, keep an eye out for that. He uh, has started off his career with a win and, and has looked good so far. So uh, he is someone to keep an eye on if you're a UFC fan or just like supporting Penn State guys in, in other areas of their athletic pursuits. Uh, once they leave Penn State, 
uh, you're going to want to keep an eye on him. And then, you know, the other thing, T. Frank, is just, again, remember, it's July. Uh, we could sit here all day and talk about all kinds of different topics. And by the time you listen to this show, you might find a whole new topic that is dominating BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, whether it's a commit, whether it's roster news, whether it's uh, something previewing, uh, you know, getting ready for Big Ten Media Days, things like that. I know it feels like a slow time of the year, and it is one of the slower times of the year, but guess what? There's a lot that happens quickly. We saw it with Elliott Washington a week ago today. You never know when a commitment's right around the corner or when it flips right around the corner or when some kind of big change that impacts Penn State is, is looming. Uh, but you always find out about it at Blue White Illustrated. So stay tuned. I know we're getting close to camp and everyone's excited about that. But there are some developments still in the works, I think, that we'll learn about in the coming days. Couldn't have said it better myself, so I'm not going to try. That does it uh, this week for the BWI Daily Edition once again. Make sure you're just around your computer tonight, 630-ish. I don't really know when, but Tamia Robinson is going to make his decision. And if he chooses the Nittany Lions, we will be on YouTube breaking down the commitment, his story getting to Penn State, and, of course, some film analysis from me uh, breaking down everything about that commitment if he chooses the Nittany Lions, which is something we're expecting. So that'll do it today. Sort of for the BWI YouTube channel. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We will be back for sure on Monday with the BWI Daily Edition. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We will talk to you then.